0: Welcome to the WRSU crew. The revolutionary show to hear all things sports. From your very own Rutgers athletics to the hot topics in all professional and collegiate sports from around the globe. Coming to you from your own Rutgers students. Sit back, relax, and enjoy your ride
1: with the crew. Monday crew coming at you on 88.7 WRSU FM. We got Chris Sikonis
0: here along with Raj Shah, and a special guest. It's Muffin. I'm back. I'm I'm ready. I'm only going to be here for like 30 minutes, but I'm ready to talk some NFL football, baby. The Muffin Man! That's right.
1: The Muffin Man is making his comeback to the WRSU crew. Uh, Muffin, you want to explain to the listeners why you're not on the regular schedule?
0: Uh, I've taken a new role here at WRSU. I am the new training and recruitment director. I have a lot of home... Uh, a lot of stuff on of, my um, plate at home, holding down two jobs, got school, come back here for uh, training and recruitment duties, responding to emails. It's a lot, so I don't really have time to uh, be on the normal WRCU schedule. I don't know what Roger's excuse is. Roger, you want to answer that?
2: Uh, I, I don't know. I, I, th- I think it's because um, I'm a six-year member and uh, oh. I get special privileges. You get special
1: privileges. I mean, yeah. Look, everyone is getting an extra year of eligibility. I'd be surprised if
2: you're here after Artzakowski graduates. And oh, he's on like his goodness. third
1: sophomore year. So,
2: first of all, it's the second sophomore year. So, you know, let's 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 be careful of that. But it's nice to have Muffin back on board. You know, he's grown so much in, in the last six months.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah, I guess so. Not really, though. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just ready to talk about the NFL because I I could not believe. I just want to Watching talk about the Saquon. Saqu- Saquon I Barkley go down. I was crying my eyes out on my couch at home and now they confirmed it today that he's going to be out for the season with a torn ACL, so.
1: Yeah, so Raj, you want to talk about the Jets? You don't want to talk about uh Saquon Barkley and the Giants?
2: No, I I really like to rub it into the Jets fans. Really, Jets fans. <laughs> Anyone in particular? <laughs> I think uh, our host of the show, I think Chris, who, Chris Saconis, aren't you a big Jets fan? I was a big Jets was. fan. Was. Wow. Wow. Adam Gase is a, a true mastermind. Adam Gase is
1: worse at his job than I think anyone else I've ever known has been at their job ever.
2: No, I think it's it's all good points. No, He's horrendous. I mean, I mean, there's a lot that happened this weekend in the past uh, NFL week. A lot of injuries, a lot of questioning about the MetLife Stadium turf. So, I don't know. I think there's a lot of problems with the, with the Jets and the Giants. There's nothing
1: wrong with the turf.
2: It's the team that's garbage. Hey, how do you explain uh, Joey Bosa getting injured in, uh, uh, at MetLife Stadium? Greg Williams' defenses like to injure opposing players. I don't know what to tell you.
1: <laughs> I guess. I guess. I don't, I don't know, I don't know I how mean... that man is still in the league, honestly. Like. I, I,
2: I don't know. Like, don't know. You, what he
1: did was like, I, that was a joke, but what he did was like objectively awful and he was basically suspended and then he came back and like everyone just forgot about it. Like, it's
0: weird.
2: Muffin, do you have anything to say on this
0: topic? Uh, not really. I couldn't hear anything you were saying because I don't have a headset and I was hogging all the airtime. Wow. Wow. We don't oh,
2: all
1: have please. to go to
0: Champagne, right?
2: I don't think we're going anywhere anytime soon, Chris. Are we?
1: We are going to be covering Rutgers football. Is what we're going to be doing.
2: Yeah, that's that's a nice that's a nice way to put it. Um, but yeah, I mean, um, I think uh, going into I think going into week three now. I mean, we have a game tonight between the Saints and the Raiders. But uh, I think there's a lot of question marks. Uh, I think looking at all three of the local teams—the Eagles, the Giants, the Jets—all zero to um, two, and they're all. All sorts of trouble. I would probably say Giants losing Saquon Barkley. I mean, that's such a tough get. Uh, he's torn ACL. He's out for the season. Um, you know, they made a nice comeback against the Bears, you could say, as, as mild way to put it. But the Bears are somehow 2-0, which, which boggles my mind at the end of the day. And the Jets just looked awful. I mean, you know, a good way to really assess how bad the Jets were doing, the Jets own Twitter account. Posted, uh, I think they were down 31 6, and Sam Darnold made a, a nice play and got a touchdown at the end of the game, saying, We know things aren't going so well, but this was a pretty play by Sam Darnold. It's pretty pathetic when your own Twitter feed says that. At the end. Well, what are they supposed to say?
1: Like 31 13, go team? Like, what, what do you expect them to Be say? Like, in that situation? No, this
2: is what you literally say. You don't put up a video, you say touchdown, Jets, that's it. That's all you put because the game is over.
1: All right, I don't know if I'm going to take public relations advice from a pharma major, so uh,
2: I just. A pharma major who took three classes in the school of journalism. Which ones? Oh boy. Uh, I mean, Intro to Media is the only one I really remember at this point, but I took a couple. I think, oh, I think a, oh my goodness. you are talking about something that five years ago. Give me a break.
1: Was Kyle Flood still the head coach when you were taking journalism classes, Rush?
2: Kyle Flood was the, uh, yeah, Kyle Flood was the head coach when I was uh, taking journal classes and, uh, journalism classes and journalism uh, classes. and. Kyle Floyd was probably the last person to have packed SHI Stadium from what I can remember. UMass game was pretty lit. I, I don't know what you remember. I think the last sellout that Rutgers has had was Rutgers, Michigan, four years ago. I guess Chris Ash, and they lost 78 nothing. I think that's the last sellout they've had. So I, I don't know, Raj. All I know is, look, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw this to you because
1: I want to get a non-Jet fan perspective because I've been yelling with <sighs> Jets fans on Twitter there's no point basis. in yelling with Jets fans. Uh, know, all right, you, let me uh, let's talk some... about the offense here, Raj. Who do you blame more for the Jets' offensive troubles? Adam Gase
2: or Sam Darnold?
0: Uh,
2: both? Is that a fair answer? Who do you think is largely at fault? Um Look, I mean, at the end of the day, it falls look the, the at the end of the day, the blame always the buck always stops with the leader at the end of the day. And um for me, it has to be Adam Gase. Um, you bring in what you supposedly call a mastermind, who's who's taught Peyton Manning, Brian Tannehill. I guess back in the day, struggled and has had his struggles in Miami. Uh, but but I mean, you know, it, he, I don't really see Sam Donor progressing either. I think it's I, I think the head coach has to go. I think if you bring in a new head coach. Um, at this point, I I think you put a lot of pressure under Sam Darnold, especially to learn a new offensive scheme, uh, at the end of the day. Um, but you know, it's only been two games. I think, uh, I think we might be jumping to conclusions here. Maybe we want to be a bit cautious before we proceed ahead. I think that right now, if I just put the blame on somebody, it would probably Adam Gase because at least Sam Darnold's owning up to the idea that there are problems on the field. Adam Gase is saying, um, you know, he's only pointing out the positives. I feel like he's not even pointing out the negatives at the end of the
1: day. Yeah, and I think you know, the best answer I would say there. Are, there's a annoying contingent of New York Jets fans who think that we should tank for Trevor, trade Darnold, and basically start the whole thing over again. Yeah. What I say to that argument is
2: that's not at, that bad of an idea, in my opinion.
1: No, it, well, no, I don't think it's a good idea because Sam Darnold's like number. No, seven I don't think that's a bad idea at the end of the day. Yes, I don't okay. think that's a bad idea. Then we're in I think agreement.
2: that could be something. No, we're not in agreement. I think they. Sh- I mean, if that's something that they think is feasible, and Darnold's not developing, why Listen, not? Listen, I think don't care about what they Lawrence? think is feasible. They clearly don't know what they're doing, Raj. It's they don't. They don't because they put up a dreadful performance against well a 49ers defense that's very good, but it was dreadful, Chris. They didn't get a touchdown or even sniff a touchdown until the end of the game when the game was well out of reach. Look, if you look at how the New York Jets
1: have played, I, I think Sam Darnold is very low on the list of problems i think the defense is a bigger problem i think the lack of offensive weapons is a problem i think the inconsistent pass blocking has been a problem although i think makai becton played very well against san francisco and very well against buffalo so i mean he's the only bright spot yeah well i mean he's a rookie too so what does that say
2: i mean we knew going into the season that that was a smart pick by the Jets. Nobody, nobody complained about that. I thought the, I thought that was a great pick by them. Um, speaking of relatively, they had to go out there and get an offensive lineman. They did. That was a good job. But, but I mean, like Chris, I mean, you know, you're playing, you know, you're outmatched when you're playing a team like San Francisco, right? Who has a really good off a uh, defensive unit, probably, arguably the best in the league, up there with the Ravens. When you look at the end of the day, I, I, I feel like the problem. Falls more on Adam Gase and the leadership of the New York Jets because they have not provided Sam Darnold with the offensive weapons at the end of the day. Offensive line is huge, all right? I mean, that's fair, but that's something that's going to take a couple of years to develop. That's not an overnight problem you fix unless you go out there and you burn a lot of money. But uh, regarding, like, getting a come on, man, get him a couple of good wide receivers at the end of the day. He has one wide receiver at the moment.
1: You're right. And
2: that's it. I, that's I think all he my, has.
1: My best counter argument to the Tank for Trevor crowd is. Look at Ryan Tannehill's numbers under Adam Gase in his last three years in Miami, and look at Ryan Tannehill's numbers last year and the first two games this year in Tennessee. His QBR went up like thirty points. Markedly different. Look at his QBR before; he was at like a ninety before, and now he's up to like a one hundred and twenty. He
2: also has, you know, I mean, yes, yes, I I think he also has Derrick Henry, so you know that helps. At the end of the day, it helps. Really good running back. He's like, he was
1: a Pro Bowl quarterback in Tennessee. He was not a Pro Bowl quarterback by any stretch in Miami. No, I think that's fair. Yeah. Yeah. So, ultimately, your quote-unquote offensive guru coach is responsible for getting the most out of his young quarterback. And when you're not doing that, well, guess whose
2: fault that is? Look, I always said the buck stops with the leadership. I I mean, I don't know what Muffin has to jump in on this, but... The it's gonna fall on Mace. The hammer is gonna come down him sooner than later, especially if they continue with this dreadful performance. Chris, I mean, if they go four and twelve this season, which is very much legitimately possible, um, and and I kind of find it hard where they'll get their four wins, but like he's done, like he has to go at least eight and eight this year, in my opinion, in order to. I wouldn't let him on job. the flight to Indy. I don't know about that. I think that's being a bit. Uh, I, I thought that just
0: came out and said that they had like full confidence in Adam Gase and that he was their guy like, before the season started. <laughs> but I guess, I guess Sacco doesn't Muffin, you don't have to and laugh at your you own you jokes
2: run. at the end. Muffin, you don't have to laugh at your own jokes, all right?
0: <laughs> that was not me. Muffin, oh, oh. man! Clearly why oh, That's enough with the hotkeys, all right? I think the craziest thing about that game, though, is just the fact that You know, Jimmy G, Nick Bosa, Raheem Moster, like, the star guys for the 49ers. I mean, there's a lot of other stars on that team, but, like, you know, the main three from that offense are now out for – I think Jimmy G's coming back to – I think Bosa's uh, gone for a while, right? It's this Sunday, but I don't know how the other two are doing.
2: I think Bosa's done, I feel like.
0: I was just shocked with the amount of injuries this week. I think it was, yeah, I like, mean, it was literally I mean, Chris, insane. You don't think there's something I, wrong with the every turf? Every time like, I, I switch the channel if to a different game with or like, turn back to NFL Network, They're just every time they were just spewing out other other like really notable <laughs> names that got hurt this week.
2: No, that's true, though. That's facts.
0: Raj, Raj,
1: Joe Judge said it the best, I think. He said, we did all of training camp on that turf, and not a single player had a problem with it. So I find it hard to believe that the 49ers of all people discovered that the turf that two NFL teams use has a problem.
2: Hey, man, look. I mean, MetLife Stadium is a disaster, so.
1: I mean, MetLife Stadium is the
0: most lifeless, dull, just – it looks like a prison. It looks like that's where they hold like the prisoners' bowl bowl game or something like that. It's literally it's it's. Dead oh, Chris, like you've that, been like to MetLife that. Stadium. Also, it's not, it's, it's not put, a good like, stadium. You don't don't like it? like roof you don't enjoy on it, so they there? could have had thing like concerts and events in the in the winter time when it's actually cold. Like you could actually get use out of the facility. I've been to MetLife Stadium,
1: Roger. It's a horrible, horrible place to watch a football game. Really, the seats aren't good. I'd rather be at. I mean, I'd rather be at a ton of state. Like, there are FCS stadiums that are nicer than MetLife. FCS? Yes. Wow, that's a, that's a big, bold statement. I mean, look, Raj, look at the closest counterpart you, you can make, the closest comparison you can make. SoFi Stadium in L.A. also hosts two teams, so you can't use the neutrality argument. That stadium is beautiful. But that stadium was built 10 years later, Chris. doesn't matter. There are stadiums that are older than MetLife that look better. That's true. I agree. I agree. It doesn't have to be, like, futuristic. It doesn't have to look like a spaceship. It just has to look better than it
2: is. Hey, look, they went for a simple look, and they still found a way to burn a billion dollars. $1.6 to be exact.
1: I wish I had $1.6 billion to burn. <laughs> You'd buy the Jets, wouldn't
2: you? I would buy the Jets. I would run them properly. All right. Well, maybe maybe in some futuristic world that's happening right now.
1: Well, with my uh, journalism salary, I'm going to buy the New York Jets.
2: Yeah, yeah. You never know. You might make the right investments, and uh, one day you will have enough money to buy a piece of the Jets. Is that um? Is that when you decided to change the pharmacy? Uh, you said that with an advisor. That's exactly why, right? Majors? Because all the pharma majors own the uh, all the pharma majors own the uh, the NFL teams these days. That's right. They do. I mean, I heard Scott Gottlieb was buying the Rams, right? oh praise that man anyways uh what about the giants guys muffin how was uh how do you feel about
1: muffin walked out Muffin left. tolerate this anymore
2: it lasted a good 13 minutes he he said he was in last year for 20 minutes
1: uh well he has some training to do being the training and recruitment director and all very important position by the way Uh, it is a very
2: important position it is and uh but, yeah, let me, let's talk about the Giants, Chris. I think we bashed the Jets enough already. Um, I mean, what, do you, what what what's your uh, overall take at the, uh, the end of the game? Look, I think the – look, I, I
1: didn't see too much of the Giants game, admittedly. I, I think that the New York Giants have done something that the New York Jets haven't been able to do, and that is compete. They found ways to stay in that game. Like, can you imagine the New York Jets going to Chicago and – having it be a four-point game. Could you imagine that, Raj?
2: I find it hard to believe at this point. Yeah, I find it pretty hard to believe, too. So, look. I uh, mean, give a lot of credit to that Giants team. That game did not start out any way or nearly anywhere they would have liked it. I mean, I thought Joe Judge was such a questionable hire at the beginning of the year. But, like, clearly the team is playing with more... um, more grit, I want to say, or at least they're they're put they're at least laying it out all on the field. They might not have all the talent there, but they're they're fighting hard, and you can and you can see that.
1: Yeah, I I agree with that. Um, did you watch the whole Giants game?
2: No, I didn't get a chance. I got a chance to watch the beginning of the game when things were going horrendous, but I didn't get a chance to see the comeback though, or what could have been the comeback. You see, I was a
1: sucker. I sat there and I watched. Like maybe 90% of the Jets game. Like, I didn't turn it off at halftime like some people did because I, I want to get a full assessment of how screwed What the Jets was it on. at
2: halftime? Like, what, 19, th- uh, 24 18, to 17? No, 3? 21, to 3. 21 to 3. 21 to 3.
1: Same okay. score in
2: week one in Buffalo, too, at the half. So. Oh, my goodness. That's a disaster. It's horrible. I I mean, the- Chris, the only thing I remember seeing about the Gi- I mean, the Jets game was like, it was 7 nothing. literally like when all the games started at 1 o'clock. First it was play it was like
1: nothing. an 80-yard run. Yeah, yeah,
2: right. yeah, exactly. I, I, I'm, like, I'm like looking up all the scores because like, uh, I mean, I'm like NFL red zone, quote unquote. And I'm, I'm watching my TV and I'm like, oh, wow, the, the 49ers already jumped out to a 7 nothing lead. That was quick. Like I thought the Atlanta Falcons game just started. I, I just don't know how low they can go at this point. Right, I mean, look. Overall, I think the Jets are in a lot of trouble. I think the Giants have promise at the end of the day. I mean, they were able to come back in that game despite being down 17-0 at halftime. Uh, give a lot of credit to Daniel Jones. Uh, I think he threw well over 200 yards, just had the one bad pick. Um, everybody else, he, he kind of got everybody involved at the end of the day is what I, I really ended up liking. Um I mean, there's no really standout receiver at the end of the day for the Giants anyway, but he got Golden Tate involved, um, even Ingram involved. He had all his weapons out there. He loses Saquon Barkley. They don't buckle down. They still keep fighting, and they're able to put up 13 points at the end and almost steal it away from, you know, a Bears team that has won back-to-back tough games at uh, against the Lions and the Giants now.
1: Yeah, man. I mean, look, the biggest problem – The biggest comparison between Sam Darnold and Daniel Jones is Joe Judge lets Daniel Jones throw the ball downfield. Adam Gase does not let Sam Darnold throw the ball downfield. Like, I'd say maybe 70% of the passes that Sam Darnold threw were either at or behind the line of scrimmage or five yards past the sticks. Like, he only threw a handful of passes past the first down marker,
2: which is concerning, to say the least. It's absurd, man. It's absurd. I mean, but Chris, I think it's also the fact that the Jets don't have any weapons like that. You have to do those short bubble screens. And whose fault is that? The Jets. The Jets ownership and leadership. That's at the end of the day. I mean, they got to go. I mean, Chris, on your bucket list for next year, right? I, I know, and you might be thinking about the draft already, but it has to be uh, uh, like, like I, I understand the crowd. They're saying let's let's you know let's go get a new quarterback and get Trevor Lawrence, but like. You know, Sam Darnold is not like he's like a he's like a disaster of a quarterback. I think there's still a lot of potential there. At the end of the day, you gotta go out there and get a wide receiver and, and a good another offensive line unit. I mean, what do you think?
1: The priority has to be get weapons for Sam Darnold and add to the offensive line, and or I would throw in the pass rush there too because the pass rush has not impressed me so far. Those are the three main objectives. You have Sam Darnold. You have, in my view and in the view of most informed observers, a guy with the potential to be a franchise quarterback. Keep in mind, he's only like 24, I think. Because like, he came to the what? league when he was 21. So he came in young. So he's still got a right. lot of room to grow. Right. So I think it depends on also like who's available when the Jets pick. Um, I'm Trying to pull up a mock draft now to – Go through some names, it's fun when we get to do this in week two, right? Raj, <laughs> I
2: mean, it's sad, it's just sad. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I think horrible. I, mean, I, mean, um, I mean, I mean, I mean, for Rutgers see, so Trevor Lawrence, obviously
1: the number one guy. Um, I don't think he's going to go to the Jets for obvious reasons. Here's an intriguing prospect Panay Sewell out of Oregon, offensive tackle, would have been one of the best players in college football uh, before he opted out um, after the Pac-12 postponed their season. By the way, they're probably going to come back either Halloween or November 7th. So they're going to be following the Big Ten in that area pretty soon. So college football is uncanceled, Raj. How awesome Mm -hmm. is that?
2: Uh, I don't know. I don't know.
1: What do you mean you don't know?
2: I'm not sure. I don't know how I feel about that.
1: Okay, then walk us through your emotions. How do you feel about it?
2: Well, i certainly mixed at the moment. Um Well, all
1: right. all right. What are you what are you conflicted about? What are you trying to figure out about it cuz
2: Uh I don't know. I'm going to pass this one.
1: They could also draft Jamar Chase, a wide receiver out of LSU. I think that there, would also be,
2: I, be a smart move. Uh, well, here's my problem, Chris. Like, it seems that I think they need to go out and, and maybe – it seems like they need to go out and do some acquisitions because it clearly feels like the draft that they just had mixed it up didn't, didn't meet all their needs at the end of the day.
1: Well, here's the thing. You got to keep in mind, the Jets did a really weird thing in bringing in Adam Gase, saying we're going to keep our GM Mike McCagnin, who, by the way, was horrible at just about everything, bad drafting, bad contracts, like everything about that guy was horrible. They rightfully got rid of him, and they brought in someone who I think is a good GM in Joe Douglas. He had, I think, a pretty solid draft. I think Denzel Mims, you know, he hasn't played really yet because he's been hurt, but You know, he's a guy out of Baylor who I think is going to be a pretty solid weapon. They drafted him in the second round. Third round, they got a really intriguing back in LaMichael Pirine out of Florida. Um, He was the most productive. He had like five yards per carry, and he only got the ball like four times. Um,
2: He's a guy that I think should get more touches, especially with Le'Veon Bell out. I mean, look, look, Denzel Mims is a good wide receiver, right? I thought it was a good pick at the time, but... He needs to start playing. I mean, wh- how long is he out for? Uh, I think he's out for two
1: to three weeks, if I'm remembering correctly. It was a hamstring okay. issue. So I think he's going to so come back. So, I mean, in I mean in,
2: hypothetically, at least in a couple of weeks, the Jets should get another decent wide receiver back. And look, Denzel Mims was a very good player at Baylor. So I, I have no reason to doubt that he wouldn't perform. I thought that Jets overall didn't have an overall bad draft at the end of the day. Um, I don't know, Chris. I feel like somebody's going to have to step up out of somewhere here. Yeah, in yeah, order you're right. for this and- team, in order to inject some life into this team because offensively they just don't have it. I don't know if it's if you let Sam Darnold loose and you let him throw the ball because Adam Gates sees the writing on the wall. If he doesn't, um, I, I don't know. I mean, uh, look, Becton is good at the offensive tackle position, but besides that, it's kind of like. It's like you might as well put the Rutgers offensive line on this team, right?
1: We will not tolerate any disrespect to the Rutgers offensive line. They've got a new look okay. unit under Greg Shano, and I think they're gonna make some great strides this year.
2: Okay, okay. But you see my point. You see the dilemma. Would that a good offensive line, Sam Darnold is just not going to have the time to be good. And then you can make the case, like you know, you you can make the case on the opposite and saying you can give a quarterback a perfect offensive line, a good wide receiver crew. Any quarterback could succeed in that sense. I mean, that's fair. But right now, it seems like he has neither. He neither has the playmakers nor the offensive line. You got to give him one. You got to pick one priority out there and go for it. Do you know what I mean? And and I think the I think the I think the main priority should be the offensive line over the wide receiver crew.
1: I mean, I think that you've got a pretty good point there. I think that there are a lot of pieces that the New York Jets need to put together. Um, they got to get some weapons for Sam Darnold. They got to get a coach that can get the job done. And they just got to, you know, overhaul the organization, build around your franchise guy. Because once you're paying him, you know, tens of millions of dollars a year, it's going to be a lot harder to build a team around him. So, now is the time to capitalize, and now is the time. I uh, believe we have him on now. Our third host of the night, the hi Dennis Geisler.
3: Hello, uh, yeah, I think I agree with what you guys were saying about the Jets. If they end up like, I've been hearing a lot of stuff about Trevor Lawrence lottery. I think if the Jets get, uh, If they end up with the first pick, they should probably just try to trade down, see what value they can get for the rest of the draft, see if they can pick up some good offensive linemen, maybe some good wide receivers, as you guys were saying. Because, yeah, this team needs a lot more than just a quarterback. Like, right now, the quarterback position is the least of their concerns, given how this team keeps playing. But also, they're playing against the 49ers, which that's a tough game by itself.
2: Oh, I don't, think, I don't think anybody went to the game thinking the Jets had a chance to win. I mean, if you did, you were you were thinking something magical was going to happen in that game. But I think people like Chris just wanted to see a decent fight for all four quarters, Chris. Is that? I'm guessing that's what you're expecting, right? I'm expecting them to win some games. I'm not—look. I, I mean, did e- you really go thinking into it, expecting them to win against the 49ers? Because if you did, I mean, that's just absurd. Not at full strength, but the
1: 49ers were nowhere near full strength in that game, Raj. I guess, but it's—okay. Okay. okay. If they were fully healthy, I wouldn't expect them to win. But I
2: would have expected them to play better than they actually did. I gave the Jets no chance going into that game. I thought it was going to be a disaster. I knew it was going to be a disaster, but I still watched anyway. So
1: what does that say about me? It (laughs) says says you're a loyal Jets fan, and there's many, many
2: hard years to go.
1: All all right, um, Dennis Geisler, let's hear about your Chicago Bears. What do you think
3: of them after two games? Sound pretty good to They're me. They're pretty bad. I am shocked this <laughs> team is undefeated right now. Sorry, I'm sorry, there, Dennis. There is... I don't want
1: to hear you complain about your 2 and 0 undefeated team right now. Like, you're talking to a Jets fan here. Be very careful <laughs> with how you work. It's awful,
3: though. <laughs> I... The Bears hey, man, are
1: so been, bad they've been tough, right
3: now.
2: Tough good wins against very mediocre competition.
3: I would not call them good. I could call them hey, tough. Man, they, I could not call the Lions. them good. They beat the Lions. Give Mitch some credit. Yeah, the Lions are awful. <laughs> and they've required, like, they they both games, they've required, like, I, I don't know what to call them, like, Acts of God in the end zone. Um, oh, no, it's not that On, like, crazy. the last play of the game. Like, the Lions Wait, look, dropping well, look, a I pass mean, in I the mean, end Dennis, zone second Dennis, to last play of the it. game.
2: Dennis, think about it. Chris is praying that the Jets get to the last play of the game with a meaningful drive still going on.
3: that that is true but at the same time it's the lions and the giants like how do you not take care of these teams early on like how 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 were the giants allowed to have a chance on the last play of that game the bears were up 17-0 at the half and the giants were doing literally nothing and somehow they ended up coming back in that game like, it's, it's really annoying to me because I see this Bears team right now, and it's like, ah, oh, 2-0, wonderful, everything's going great. But it feels like this team could end the season, like, 2-14, given how they've played in these first two games. They've got the Falcons next week, and the Falcons are really good, and they keep losing in very strange ways. They're, like, the opposite of the Bears. Um, Matt Ryan is, like, MVP caliber right now, and he is just being let down by his defense time after time. Um, So I don't really see the Bears winning that one. But, yeah, I got to see something out of these Bears that isn't winning in the strangest possible way.
1: Either of you guys watch uh, Sunday Night Football?
3: I did. Uh, I, I watched especially the very end of it and especially, especially that very last play. Did anyone else watch that very last play?
1: I watched the last uh, quarter and a half and I liked what I saw out of Cam Newton, but I really liked what I saw out of the Seattle Seahawks.
3: Yeah, the Seahawks are great. Um, I am not surprised that they are playing well. I am not surprised that they won this game. Uh, Russell Wilson is still very good. Uh, I'm, Still not 100% sold on Cam Newton, but I did like what I saw out of him when I was um, watching. But I feel like I have to talk about that last play because how do you get two timeouts to draw up a play and you end up picking running with Cam Newton in an obvious designed run for Cam Newton to the left side where everyone knows that it's going that way because there's a leading blocker? Like, I I just don't understand that play call. I don't understand how you can come up with that. It almost says to me that there's, like, a lack of trust in Cam Newton, almost, that they decided to call up a play where you can't really do it better or worse instead of, like, splitting up the field, drawing up a pass play, and saying, okay, Cam Newton, if you don't see anything in the end zone, if you don't see any passer to go to just run it in Um, it does feel like it's not really allowing him to make the decision making and just trying to see if he can punch it in which clearly he could not <laughs> like that was such a close game and I don't know felt bad that it was kind of ended on that last play because I, I just did not understand that play call at all I don't know why didn't you just do a quarterback sneak yeah, I mean, that was one way they could have gone about it. Um, like, I thought the QB draw
2: idea just didn't make much sense because I know you want to have some momentum going into it, but, like, you already have the one-yard line. Like, I don't know. You could have done, like, a full-back dive. You could have
3: done a running-back dive. Like,
2: Cam Newton's a right could have done some call. some sort I of bootleg not,
3: play to the far side. Bootleg
2: play. I mean, I don't know if you're going to get that fancy, especially considering you only one play. But, like, I don't know. The quarterback draw right into the pylon, like, Not my favorite call. I mean, if it worked, we all would have been like, oh, what a great call, right? Like, it's all... Yeah, I mean, a lot of credit does have to be
3: given to like just the Seattle defense for like breaking through the offensive line so well. Right, right. You know what I thought was really interesting?
1: Um, They were talking on the Sunday Night Football broadcast. I don't know if you guys caught this. uh, About how Russell Wilson has never received an MVP vote. And Chris Collinsworth revealed that he would have been the only vote, but he sent his ballot in too late. And now they don't let him vote anymore. So I want to get your guys' <laughs> thoughts on this. Do you think that Chris Collinsworth deserved to lose his MVP vote for that? Um, I'm going to post, this, post it on the Twitter. Um, what do you guys make of that?
3: So he turned in his ballot late? Yes. And now he doesn't I mean, have a vote at all anymore. That correct. seems strange I think it's a me. bit absurd.
2: It's a bit absurd, in my opinion. Like, I, I, I can, can see it really being taken best- away
3: for like the one year. Like, oh, you didn't do it on time. You don't get to do it this year. But like, right. I feel like as of the next year, or at the very least, the year after, it should probably be reinstated.
1: I I, I mean, I was more shocked by the fact that Russell Wilson who is, I think almost anyone would agree, is a top five, at least, quarterback in the NFL, has never received an MVP vote.
3: I am also shocked. Raj? Because he, uh, yeah.
1: What, that Russell Wilson hasn't gotten any MVP votes? Not a single vote. Doesn't that offend you at all?
2: Um, Personally speaking, just like the qual- qual- caliber of the player that Russell Wilson is, yes, that does. Um but I think you take it into context and in what years that, you know, these votes have gone down into. I think Russell Wilson speaking particularly, I think his best season was probably uh I don't know. I guess twenty fifteen into twenty uh I guess the Super Bowl that they lost against the Patriots was probably one of their best seasons and the Seahawks looking back. Um so yeah, that is a bit surprising to me, but I don't know. He Russell Wilson's always been a player that's been overshadowed by other other quarterbacks at the end of the day uh it's pat mahomes now before it used to be Aaron Rodgers and tom brady and paint manning um and now he's getting overshadowed by pat mahomes and, and lamar jackson okay but you, you don't think there's a case to be made that right now he's number i mean i, I think it's abs- i think it's absurd that he hasn't gotten a vote but i could see why he wouldn't have gotten a vote at the end of the day, if that makes sense
1: i guess but i, I mean not a single vote is
2: ridiculous it's absurd that's yeah. what I'm saying but I'm saying I'm saying that I'm just understanding the rational by we and why Chris they might not have voted for him if you have like super exceptional seasons by end uh, uh, a particular quarterback year in and year out other players might get overshadowed right
3: no um, I, I see where you're coming from I, I guess um, but
1: i I just look I think that Russell Wilson isn't getting the respect he deserves I think that's fair. I mean, Um, Bill Belichick, of all people, said that it's a good thing this quarterback isn't in our division. Like, Bill mm -hmm. Belichick doesn't say that about just any quarterback. Like, that means something.
3: Yeah, absolutely. I, yeah, I, I guess I just, on a logistic level, I see what Raj is saying in that it isn't absurd necessarily uh, not, not, not that, but it doesn't. Like, I, I see how it ended up happening. Where Russell Wilson, despite being an elite NFL quarterback for however many years, um, has never gotten an MVP vote. Uh, just on the basis of MVP voting is a single year thing. I don't know if he's necessarily had like a incredible standout, oh my goodness, this is the best year a quarterback has ever had, single year. But he his entire body of work over the course of his career has been really, really good. Like, he's an instant Hall of Famer. Um, it's just more of a... Uh, has he had the individual season that would make sense to give him the MVP for that? Yeah. Uh, I mean... Look,
1: he's probably my favorite, my second favorite quarterback to watch after Patrick Mahomes, just in terms of— Oh, I thought you
3: were going to say behind Sam Darnold.
1: Well, Sam Darnold would be fun to watch if you were on a team with a legitimate coaching staff and (laughs) weapons. On the Jets, he's not fun to watch, but he's basically— I I was saying this before you came on, Dennis. He's basically throwing either at the line of scrimmage or a couple yards past it. He's turned into a check-down quarterback, which is really upsetting after seeing what he's done in college.
3: Yeah, that doesn't seem to be a good use of his uh, abilities, you know? Yeah.
1: Well, what do you say we take a break? And when we come back, we'll talk, do some Can We Just Talk. Does that sound good to everybody? Yeah. Yeah, sounds good to me. All right, so we'll step aside. We'll uh, take a break. Uh, we'll get through some sportscasts. And when we come back, we'll go through Can We Just Talk, see what's going on outside of the world of sports. This is The Crew on 88.7 WRSU-FM, New Brunswick. Can we just talk? Can we just talk? Talk On the WRSU crew, Chris Akonis, along with Raj Shah and Dennis Geisler, both from Undisclosed Locations. It's time to spin the wheel, see what lands on, and see what's going on outside of the world of sports. Here we go.
3: Undisclosed Locations sound so ominous.
1: No talking during the wheel. Dennis Geisler, you have been selected by the wheel.
3: Oh, the wheel has selected me. Oh goodness. Alright, well, uh so over the weekend, um I uh got out of the house, mask in hand, in on mouth, uh, and I saw Tenet, the new film by Christopher Nolan. Uh have you guys heard about it? Had any interest in it? Uh I have not.
1: I've heard of it, but I haven't okay. had the chance to see it yet.
3: Yeah a lot of people have not had the chance to see it because it is only in theaters and some places theaters are not open yet Um, but here they're open so I got to go watch it Um, it's the newest film by Christopher Nolan who is uh, most known for the uh, Dark Knight Batman trilogy uh, Inception uh, Dunkirk was his most recent project this movie was probably closest to Inception. Uh, I would say it's somewhere between Inception and, like, a Bond film in that uh, John David Washington, who plays the unnamed protagonist, uh, he, he kind of acts like James Bond the whole time. Like, he does James Bond stuff. The bad guy is, like, this Russian uh, rich guy he's rich and Russian um and John David Washington James Bond has to like track him down and figure out what he's doing and how to stop what he's doing but also it's all about like time like they can go backwards in time but also forwards in time so like you can go through this like turnstile thing and it makes you go backwards in time at like the same rate as things are happening forwards in time, which sounds weird because it is weird and it never fully makes sense. Like visually, um, there are like fight scenes between people who are like reverse time and people who are normal time as well as, um, Just a lot of scenes in general that include, like, the time thing as what people are doing. But I never fully understand how it works. Which I guess is, like, I don't know, kind of the point. It's it's not, like, the point, but it's also, like, I don't know how to put it. Like, it, it's the point of the movie where it's like, ah, uh, time stuff is happening. You're supposed to just be like, yeah, this is cool time stuff. Um, I can't say I was a huge fan of it. Um, that's that's m- m- mostly what I have to say is, like, yeah, the time stuff was pretty weird and never made a lot of sense. And that was, like, a lot of the movie that was interesting. That wasn't just, like, something that I could see in a James Bond movie. Um, but yeah that's uh, what I have to say about Tenet are any of you now interested in watching Tenet hearing my glowing review I mean Sounds like you no. don't you <laughs> didn't
1: sound too impressed by it so um,
3: yeah I mean it was it's its a big expensive movie with a lot of like cool explosion-y action scenes um, I mean there's a plane that blows up and there's a scene at the end where it's just like every, everyone's fighting. It looks like they're fighting in like a PUBG map or something. Um, but it, it does look cool. A lot of the time I just wasn't, you know, it, it didn't feel all there to me. Um, and also like a lot of the audio is way too loud compared to like the talking. So you can't hear what they're saying which makes it difficult to understand what's going on even more when you just cannot understand what certain people are trying to tell you about the plot. Desperately trying to understand how the time goes backwards and also forwards and how you can go backwards and forwards and the thing happens at the same time. I don't I don't really get it. Now, but, let me yeah. ask
1: you this, uh, moving aside from the movie, because you don't seem too impressed with the movie. You, mm-hmm. you saw it in theaters, right? I did. Yes. What was
3: that like? Um. Obviously, it was kind of weird seeing it in theaters. Um. I guess it, it it didn't upset me too much. Mostly because yeah, yeah. Dennis it's... Chris hasn't been to a theater since the 1960s, so you have to be very careful with this. <laughs> um. I mean, it's it's a big room. Um. There were not a lot of people there, and they split us up because you had to like reserve seating. Basically, when you got your ticket. Um, so everyone was pretty separated and it I would say there was no more than like a dozen people in theater total. Um, oh wow. Yeah, it, it was not a very full screening um, which might just be because a lot of people are not going back to theaters yet. Um, it might also just be that I think this is like the third week of Tenet being out here. Um, it's either the second or third and uh, some people are probably just A lot of the people who are really invested in seeing it immediately have seen it already. And the people who are not just don't want to go to theaters at all. So I wasn't super surprised that it was um, not very crowded. Um, And, like, you can wear your mask the entire time and it's not, like, difficult. Um, You can, like, eat concessions, but I didn't because I didn't want to. So I just had my mask on the entire time and just sat there. And in terms of, like, cleanliness, like, just sitting there and watching a thing, it's fine. Chris, would you go watch a movie tomorrow? If it was a movie I was excited
2: about, yeah. I don't know. Uh, Dennis, did you keep your mask on while you ate your food? If you were paying attention, Uh, you would know he didn't eat any food. Yeah, I I literally did just say that. (laughs) (laughs) Hey Chris, you never know he might have he might have brought some food uh, with him and not gone to the concession stands. He just said he didn't go to the concession stands.
3: Mhm. I I probably did say that, but yeah, I, I did not have any food. Um Oh, that's unfortunate. Yeah, I mean it's not bad like <laughs> I, I I go to the theater to watch a movie, <laughs> so I don't really care about the food. That's fair. Part. It's
2: fair. No, I mean, I mean to be fair, I mean uh, the only reason I bring that up is because like a lot of theaters now have become, you know, like dine in theaters almost. Like you can order your food with it. So, yeah, you know, like, whole meal. Yeah,
3: I I know a number of those. This is not one of them. Um, they don't have like full meals or anything. Um, but it is becoming more of a thing. I think it's because people are not like people don't want to go to movie theaters when they can increasingly get more and more content online like streaming services um, especially like putting out their own movies a lot of people are just like like, I follow a lot of like movie stuff and it's not like any of it shut down for quarantine there were a lot of movies that released exclusively on streaming services that got fairly uh, big in a lot of like movie circles, um, Palm Springs, uh, I'm thinking of ending things. Um, even some that came to VOD a little bit later, like, I'm not sure how people are watching first cow, but I know a lot of people have been talking about it. Um, right, right. So it's, it's a sort of thing where when more and more of movies are being brought online digitally and people can watch them in that format, Movie theaters are trying to provide something that you cannot have at home. And so I guess one of those things is like a dine-in eating experience. Um, But they're always bad. Like the food's always bad because they're not like – it's not a restaurant. It's a movie theater. You know what I, so you know what I hate? It's like – here's the
1: thing. It, all they have to do is like work on the food a bit. And that would be the best thing ever. Like, post-COVID, that would be the best thing ever, where, like, you can mm-hmm. order your food, eat a decent meal, and then, like, just watch the movie and just chill. Like, Yeah, that's literally what they have, Chris. Now. I really hope that uh, these theaters make it through COVID, because I want to see them get a second shot to do this right. What do you guys think?
3: It would be nice. Like, uh, as someone who likes watching movies in movie theaters a lot of the time, I would like to see theaters make it I, through COVID. and. I
2: don't know. I feel like it's dying art, isn't it, Dennis? Like, are, are fewer people watching movies in general now? Or, like, I, I'm sure they In are, theaters, like, I, guess, I think it is, I, like... I guess you got to yeah. come out with a really special movie at the end of the day for people to go and spend money on it.
3: Yeah, I, I think it ends up being a combination of things. First, it's... Uh, uh, exclusivity, like I think, a lot of why theaters are still doing well is exclusivity because it's so difficult for a movie that is airing in theaters that has only aired in theaters to end up anywhere else, like including like illegally online. Um, and so, if you want to be like one of the first people to watch a movie, you have to go to the theaters, and I think that's what w- was propping it up for a while, but when things like video on demand exist, I wonder if more movies are going to be trending towards that route where I know the running price for most movies has been like $20 for a 48 hour rental for like new movies. Um, I know Mulan bumped that up to 30, um, but I'm not sure if it's a temporary rental or not. Um, But you can't
2: can't download uh, the movie in a temporary rental, right? I'm guessing.
3: No, you, you can't download it. It's through, like, usually some sort of separate app. So you do it through, like, uh, Amazon Prime or you do it through, um, like, the Disney Plus app on your computer, TV, or whatever. Um, right.
2: No, that makes sense.
3: Yeah. So it ends up being, like, people still know how to, like, rip those movies and put them online, but how many people are going to do that? It ends up being, like, a... Uh, risk analysis thing but i do think that theaters are definitely starting to die off i don't think they're ever going to die completely but i think covid is opening a lot of like distributors eyes to the idea that um you can release movies online and they can still be financial successes for you regardless of uh whatever else like you can make a full release online not have anything in theaters and you take a bigger cut of the money like you don't have to share it with theaters um in some cases you want to have to share it with like a distributor um like any money that like disney is making from mulan is all for disney disney is the only one who gets any right. of that money
2: right because so, there's no like third-party service providing it it's essentially disney so if you essentially have your own if you essentially have your own um like, distributor at the end of the day, too, you're going to be making all the profit. So, like, any movie that Disney releases through their Disney, I guess, app at the end of the day, they're making all the profits
3: on it. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's what a lot of these uh, companies are seeing, is that they are getting a bigger cut out of this, and how can they start to optimize that? And will people want to go to theaters or not? Like, because at the end of the day, like, some people do, like, leaving the house, going to a movie theater... Because I mean, we we have shown after all of uh, the COVID stuff that staying in the house all the time is not fun. <laughs> um, to just be there permanently. So I think that movie really, I think like a there's an, Yeah, <laughs> like there, there's an extent to where movie theaters will always be some sort of like social event where right, right. you get to go to a place to do something. Um, but I do wonder if like some of the large chains will shut down, um, whether some of these smaller things like it could, it is possible that some of the smaller or more independent, um, movie theaters will start to get bought up by larger ones as they're just not able to make back a lot of money, um, for being shut down for so long and right now for not a lot being released and not a lot of people going anywhere. Um, I don't know. Uh, It's (laughs) well, we'll have to find out. I mean, if you asked anyone, like most uh, executives, like ten years ago, would have told you that three D was the future of movies, and that's obviously not happened at all. So it's just a question of waiting and seeing what ends up happening with uh, theaters and theaters versus streaming. And I don't know. I really don't. I know uh, you guys uh, have me here to be omniscient and all-knowing, but sadly, I am not, uh, so I can only do so much for you there.